Hi, everybody. Welcome to Big Apple Hockey. And we have a big show for you because there's only one more playoff series to be covering. And we have got that covered in spades. I, of course, am your host who's finally back in New York, at least for a little bit. I'm going to be going to Pennsylvania next week. Mark Williams and a man who is taking as much time fighting Hinoxes and Gleox, Mr. John Volkowski. That game is certainly enjoyable. Um, we have a nice little matchup here for the Stanley Cup Finals, though, so definitely time to talk some hockey. And a man thinking about possible change at UBS Arena, Mr. Anthony Morocco. Yeah, more on that in uh, bar talk, but uh, Gary Bettman's probably thrilled right now. He's got his, his Stanley Cup Final, two non-traditional hockey markets battling for the Stanley Cup. Um he loves to see that. Don't you think twice about that? Hmm. Yeah, as opposed to say uh, uh, David Silver. I forgot. I'm still Adam Silver. That's what it was. I still think, still think David Stern, who's right now in the NBA, going. Oh no, it's it's Miami versus uh, Denver. Who cares? I mean, right now Gary Bettman prefers probably to have the non-traditional markets in there. Well, yeah, because he's been trying to prove that it works in those, you know, non-traditional markets. And, you know, this obviously is kind of a little bit of proof to it. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have a we're going to have a team that wins the Stanley Cup for the first time in its history. So that's uh, what I can't wait for. I can't wait to see a team winning the Stanley Cup. And they've never won it before. And there's no controversy like the Dallas Stars or anybody like that. Did you know, even though, by the way, Brett Hall had the puck. So everybody just relax on that one a little bit. Uh, you can look for my 60-second game reviews. I'll be doing them after every single game because now there's only seven games left. Might as well. There's also nine off days in the middle of all this travel. We're going to get to that more in a second. And you can also read uh, the Pick of Destiny, which is my Stanley Cup Finals argue, um, article on there. And also it's the A Block, and it's sponsored by SeatGeek. Use the promo code BigAppleHockey. For $20 off. And guys, let's go right into it. Stanley Cup Finals. We're going to be doing a full preview of that today. Uh, it's going to be the Panthers versus the Golden Knights. Phil, I'm going to go to you first. What is your initial impression of this series? Interesting. It, it, it's two teams that have, you know, that don't have a Stanley Cup. One that's been there once, uh, what was it, 20, 27 years ago now? And they they still haven't won a Stanley Cup final game. They were swept by the Colorado Avalanche, who won last year. So um, Vegas going back there for their second time also in their history. They also lost. They won one game. So it, it's interesting to see two different teams that really don't get here a lot. Uh, two different players that are American-born players, which is another thing that Gary Bettman is more than happy about right now, is that two American-born superstars – are going at it for the Stanley Cup. So two non-traditional hockey markets, more of a chance to market uh, the game to newer markets, to newer fans. And, yeah, I, that's why I was making that um, face before. Because <laughs> I well, I was going on the pun for it because there is definitely yeah. – you could argue both of these teams are are the des- the teams of destiny. And um, I'll, I guess I guess I'll jump in real quick on this because 
you look at both teams, they both had success. They both got to the conference finals, if not a little bit further, or they won a president's trophy. And then they took a step back. They regressed. They made a huge move. And now they're in the Stanley Cup finals right now. The, the huge splash, of course, Vegas getting their number one center, which they never had. And <laughs> you know what, Mike? All right, yeah, I missed the softball one. Layup talk. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, I've, I've talked about this all the time, and whether or not you guys agree or disagree with me is, 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 is fine. I will always refer to it as the Brendan Shanahan trade. And if you can make the Brendan Shanahan trade, that's where you're like, we got this team, but we're going to have to give up something in order to get something back that's going to put us over the top. What is it going to be? They went out and got Matthew Kachuk, who Anthony and I did an 11 a.m. special on last year, and we thought Calgary won that trade going running away. You know what? Florida clearly won it now. So, Anthony, what's your impressions on this series? Um, I mean, two ends of the spectrum, right, fellas? You're talking the Golden Knights, who obviously one of the top teams in the West, not a surprise they're here. And on the other hand, you have the Florida Panthers, who – were the lowest ranked playoff team. Uh, they were 16 out of 16. Um, and what's totally mind blowing to me is if the Penguins didn't lose to a, a horribly bad Chicago Blackhawk team on the third to last day of the season, the Panthers wouldn't even made the playoffs. And now here they are in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, you know, yeah, it's Philly, Philly 2010 all over again. It, it, yeah. It, it just, it just goes to show uh, how anything can happen in this sport. And they always say in hockey, well, really in any sport, but specifically hockey, you know, you just got to get in and then anything can happen. And, and the Panthers are, are proving that. I mean, they knocked off the Bruins. Um, not only did they knock off the Bruins, but they were down 3-1. So, you know, this team, and we'll get to it later in, in our predictions when we go over everything, but I don't know about you guys. I have a feeling this team's just like a team of destiny right now. Like their Cinderella story, and that you know they're gonna they're gonna complete it. They're gonna get all the way to the top. But uh, um, we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, it's not a series that I would have predicted. I think in the preseason, I think I picked Calgary in the finals against Carolina. Maybe I don't I don't remember the team from the East. But um, I would have never picked the Golden Knights versus the Florida Panthers uh, just at all. So. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to get going. And uh, hopefully, you know, it's a long series. This, this is our last hockey until, well, meaningful hockey until October. So hopefully it goes seven games and it's a, and it's a thriller. So, but yeah, I, I never would have predicted it in a million years. So here we are. Uh, I still wouldn't have predicted it. I still kind of can't believe that Florida made it past the Bruins. I knew the Bruins weren't going to make the Stanley Cup finals the way I said it. Sorry, Boston fans. It's just the way I, I mean, I they really it. don't. But a team like you know that, what? A team like that that steamrolls through the regular season and breaks all these records. It's it's rare that they go all the way to the end and win the cup. So, um, yeah. But here we are. Like I, I said, let's a, get going. There's a lot more of a mess on my desk than I thought. Uh, but yeah, no, Anthony. And again, but also, Linus Allmark never won a playoff game up until this. And it wasn't exactly the most ideal situation for him to be in. I mean, but then again, you had Alex Lyons starting to playoffs. Like they're more, the Panthers are more reminiscent of the 2018 Capitals right now. You know, they didn't, Alex, who's Alex Lyon, 
he he got the Panthers in the playoffs. I mean, he what he started like the the the, the end of the regular season. He was like uh, some ridiculous record. Like, and I think he played like the last seven I, or eight. I had it. I don't have it now. He was he was unbelievable, and he was the guy that started the playoffs for him. So. You know, it's funny how things go. We kind of all writing off Bobrovsky after the regular season he had and, and everything. But, I mean, that guy found his game at the right time. And, um, you know, goaltending, you know, a guy gets hot. That's all you need sometimes. I mean, who uh, who would have thought Aiden Hill would, would lead the Golden Knights the way he's doing? I mean, this is another guy, you know, Cinderella story. Is, is the clock going to strike midnight on him? And, you know, his wheels are going to turn into pumpkins again? I, I don't. You know, I don't know. This this is a guy that was traded. I don't know when it was. Maybe late late summer, like August, or I don't know exactly. But he was an afterthought. The Sharks dealt him to the the Golden Knights for you know a bag of pucks, and you know, now he's the starting goalie in the in the Stanley Cup final. So uh, yeah, it's, and, it's crazy. It's the series we got a lot of, we got a lot of talk about Aiden yeah. Hill in a moment. By the way, so God. and and Phil, your thought on the, your last thought on the Panthers. Before we start breaking this down, I mean, or even on the series, go ahead. Just on the series, it's just so weird how both teams started with goaltenders that are not even their first options. I mean, both teams have gone through major goaltending controversy this year. Bobrovsky, we all thought his career was basically done. Spencer Knight ends up in rehab. Uh, and then Alex Lyon, who is a career minor <laughs> leaguer, who we all laughed at and so getting them into the playoffs. Then you have Logan Thompson, who was a rookie of the year candidate and he goes out. I mean, they bring in Jonathan quick, who's pretty much at the end of his career. He doesn't really do anything. Now they're with, you know, Lauren Brassois comes in. He plays well for them. He's hurt. Now it's Aiden Hills net. I mean, I, I got to say this right now. I, this is one of the most weird and really kind of fascinating goaltending matchups I've seen in recent memory just because the goaltending has been so maligned, but they've outperformed expectations to the nth degree in terms of where these guys were heading into the playoffs. Nobody would have, if you would have said that this goaltending matchup would be the goaltending matchup in the Stanley cup finals back in, I don't know, at the beginning of April when the playoffs started, people would have laughed at you. They would have laughed at you because nobody would have thought Sergey Bobrovsky would have come in and, and just had some stupid Patrick Waugh 93 type run or, or Aiden Hill would be the sole surviving of a uh, sole survivor of the walking wounded and have come up and to risen to met the occasion. So I, I just, I can't believe that this is the goaltending matchup, but this is going to be, I think this is going to be one of the more fun Stanley cup final series we've seen in quite some time. I think this, and I also think this is going to be a far cry from 2018. I think yeah. Vegas is Vegas is a for real team now. Uh, they're better coached with with Bruce Cassidy, and uh, for Paul Maurice, I mean he's looking for his second Stanley Cup Finals win because he only had one when he got with the Panthers in 2003, yeah. and I believe it was Game One, if I recall correctly. I think they took Game One. You and mean lost the, the Hurricanes in 2002? Oh, that's what I meant. 2002. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, he 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 only won one game, and it was a Ron Francis overtime winner. Yeah, that was game one, wasn't it? it was game one. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, how about that? Like, I mean, this just amazing how the more things change, the more they can say the same. And also, just you know, the the thought about it, Vegas used five goalies in the regular season, five, and 
Aiden Hill is the last man standing. And it's a little bit like they're a little bit like a craps table because they're when the when the the um uh, I forgot what the, the guy rolling the dice is called. I had the, the term. But when the roller's done, they just move on to the next guy. And if that guy's hot, they just keep playing him. Next man. So, up. All right. We're going to go right now to our X Factor players of the series. And Phil, let's start with you. Who is your X Factor guys that you're looking at? Well, for Florida, I, I said Brandon Montour. I, I just think that you're you're looking at a player that's going to be uh, logging some serious minutes. He's going to be running their power play. That that's the guy that needs to play really good defense against a really solid forward group in Vegas. Um, they need him to be as good, if not better, than what he's been so far in the playoffs. Because Vegas can play that same style of game. They're up-tempo. They're in your face. They're going to hit hard. They're going to go after him. They're going to target him. So he needs to rise to the occasion and handle what's coming his way. For Vegas, I said Mark Stone. Because I I think Mark Stone is going to be the one that's going to go after Nakachuk and try to shut him down and get him off his game. He's a selkie-caliber defensive winger, a guy that could also score a point per game. He's one of the better two-way players in all the NHL. So this is going to be Mark Stone's this is going to be his time. If he, if he has to, if if it's if it's now, when is it? Mark Stone really is going to have to step up here, and he's going to have to try to slow down Mac and Chuck. Anthony, who do you got for your guys? For Florida, I went with Carter Verhage. Um, you know, Forty-two goals in the regular season. Um, what a find for him he's been after really the Maple Leafs, Islanders, and Lightning all gave up on him. Um, but listen, the, the Vegas, they're going to, their, their focus is going to try to shut down the, the line of Kachuk, Cousins, and Bennett, um, which means Carter Verhage, um, is going to have to, you know, keep doing what he's doing. He's got 15 points, I think, and 16 playoff games so far. Um, you know, he has scored big goals. Go back to the Bruins series. He scored a huge one. Um, this guy has turned into quite the sniper. And I think, um, you know, if, if Vegas, you know, even if they succeed in kind of shutting down Kachuk, they have to deal with him. And, you know, Verhage kind of showed that he's a real sniper in this, in this league this season. So, um, you know, if him and Barkov can kind of get going and, and cause some trouble, it could be hard for Vegas to, you know, really handle with already having to focus on Kachuk's line. So um, I think Carter Verhage having a big series could go a long way with the Panthers winning their first Stanley Cup in team history. Um, for Vegas, we just talked about him. I went with Aiden Hill. Uh, he's been fantastic so far. Um, no, again, no one ever, ever expected this guy to play the way he has been. And I think for Vegas to win the cup, he's going to have to continue that. Like I said, it, you know, if the clock strikes midnight on this guy in this series, I think the Panthers are going to win. Are going to win the cup because um, the other viable option is Jonathan Quick, who's not really cal- you know starting caliber anymore. So um, you know, Aiden Hill is going to be staring at the end of the rink in a guy in Sergei Bobrovsky who's at the top of his game, who obviously has a much comes from a much higher pedigree. So um, if Aiden Hill can, you know, outplay Bobrovsky or even beyond his level, uh, Vegas is, certainly has a good chance of winning this series. You know, I was all up on him last year thinking this guy is a clutch player. He's made for the playoffs. Then this year he deposits 40 goals and is – was a great regular season player. Carter Verhage is my guy too. I have to go with him. 
And he's if whenever the Panthers needed a big goal, Verhage has done it. He he won the series against the Bruins. He, this guy has always just come up big for this team. And the other guy for me is Jonathan Marchessault. Because the first, I believe, seven games of the playoffs, he didn't have a goal for the Panthers. Everybody started wondering, what's wrong with Jonathan Marchessault? What's wrong with Jonathan Marchessault? Oh, well, since then, let's see. He had a two-goal game against Edmonton, a hat trick uh, to close them out. And then he had four goals versus uh, the Vegas Golden uh, – sorry, for the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Dallas Stars. If he's on a roll and he's still on a roll playing on that top line with Jack Eichel, uh, good night, Irene. It's going to be very quick. So uh, that's what I have to say for for the my two X Factor guys. Because obviously we know the stars are going to come in. They're going to perform. Oh, that's what stars do. But under the radar guys, Anthony, who is your under the radar guys? Um, you know, for Vegas, I'm going with Riley Smith. Um, you know, if you look at. Vegas' top contributors right now, it's, you know, Eichel, Stevenson, uh, William Carlson, Marchessault. Riley Smith is a guy that has a good shot, and he's capable of, of putting up points and scoring goals. And, you know, if he could really join the party here and start scoring as well, um, that's going to be a huge boost for Vegas. Um, and also consider this. It really goes for Marchessault, too. Remember this wrinkle. You know, Marchessault and Riley Smith, I'm sure they remember how Florida basically – gave those two away to Vegas way back when in the expansion draft. I mean, you're yeah. talking Florida. Florida just, yeah. Florida just gave gave them, you know, Riley Smith in exchange for taking Marchessault in the expansion draft. So I think these two guys are going to be motivated to kind of, even though it's a long time ago, they're going to be motivated to kind of shove it to Florida and, you know, say, kind of say, yeah, well, you know, who's laughing now? You know, we're winning the Stanley Cup and, you basically just, you know, shunned us aside. So um, I think there's a little extra step in those two steps uh, in this series. And I think, again, Riley Smith, um, if he has a big series, that's going to go a long way for Vegas. Um, for Florida, <clears throat> this was a tough one. And I went with a I went with a sneaky one here. Um, I'm going to say under the radar, you know, Ryan Lomberg, he, he is plays on a checking role for Florida. He gets under the opponent's skin. Um, he plays a hard-nosed game. Um, and he's scores occasional big goal or two the game against uh, Carolina. Uh, I, he scored, he scored a big goal off a pretty tap in. Um, he plays hard. And I think if this guy goes around, cause chaos, hitting people, making it hard on Eichel and others, I think, you know, that's the type of game Florida wants to play. Um, he brings some jam. And I think guys like that, you know, it's the, un, it's the unsung heroes in the Stanley Cup final. Sometimes, you know, you're talking, remember, um, you know, Dave Boland was a guy who came up yep. big for Chicago. Fernando Pisani way back when in, you know, 2006. 2006, yeah. The Oilers. Uh, Brian Bickle, another guy for Chicago that, you know, was a scrapper and had a huge series for Chicago as well. So, um, oh, Ranger fans, Doug Lister, 1994. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these, yeah. These, these are the type of guys that kind of, you know, step up in this time. And I think, you know, you could, you could look to Lomberg for possibly being one of those guys. Bilk, who are some of your under-the-radar players? It's funny because Anthony took one of mine already with uh, with uh, Riley Smith. The other one, funny enough, is also has 11 points in the playoffs, and he's also second on his team in shorthanded time per game. 
and it's Sam Rodman. And this is actually a good point right here by Steven that third line can do damage with their real good transition game. But Reinhardt, for me, I'll talk about him first. Reinhardt has seven goals already and 11 points. He's a plus one. He plays in all situations. You can put him on a power play. You can put him on a penalty kill. He can score goals. He's a guy that you really want to look out for. And another thing that is not going to be really an on-ice thing, maybe could come into factor on the ice if they're out against each other. But you got to remember, he played with Jack Eichel at Buffalo. So he knows some of Eichel's tendencies and things that he does. So that could help. His intel could help in trying to help shut down Eichel for, for the Panthers. So any intel that he can give Maurice the game plan against Eichel and that line, that that's big for them. Um, Sam Reinhardt's a good two-way player, I, and, and that's another thing that these two have in common. Riley Smith, another two-way player. And he has, again, 11 points. He only has two goals, though. Need more goals from Riley Smith if, if the biggest Golden Knights are going to win the Stanley Cup. But um, they're plus players. They're each second on their team in, you know, uh, penalty killing or shorthanded ice time among forwards. And Riley Smith is going to be a guy that, like Anthony said before, I mean, that that's going to play in the back of their mind, Tim and Jonathan Marshall. So to get, to get sent off to Vegas as an Island of Misfit Toys type thing to protect Alex friggin' Petrovic, who isn't even in the damn league anymore, <laughs> that's going to be on their minds. And they're going to come out with chips on their shoulders, those two. So I expect Riley Smith to be going balls to the wall. Uh, you know, pardon the uh, the song reference there, but you know, you, he's going to go out there and give one hundred and fifty percent because not only just having the stain of losing in the back of their minds still, you know, and that's that's still somewhat fresh, but you know, getting sent off for for nothing to protect a player that ended up not panning out. That's definitely something that they've been looking forward to. So I, I think Riley Smith is is another Swiss Army knife. And if you start getting production from guys like that, who you know can give you more, who have been okay, been okay, but you know that can give you more, that's the type of effort and production that puts a team over the top in the end. So for me, that's why I think Riley Smith is going to be a guy that you're, you're going to be hearing quite a bit from in this series. All right. And for my guys, I, I just need the 23 of you watching right now. First off, everybody, thank you very much. Make sure you leave it a like and that you're subscribed. But I need everybody to make sure that all you Ranger fans, you're going to be grinding your teeth when I'm going to mention these names. But we're going to start with my under-the-radar guy, 30-goal scorer from last year who's finally healthy again, and he's looking pretty good, Anthony Duclair. He's matched the nine points that he had in the regular season in these playoffs, and he's starting to look a little bit like himself. It takes a long time to come back from the Achilles injury. The other one, somewhere David Quinn is fapping right now because Brett Howden is doing everything that, that, that is being asked of him. He is, he's got three goals, three assists in these playoffs, including a game one, game winning overtime goal that he banked in off of uh, Jake Ottinger. Like, th 
and he's even got a couple of assists. I believe he had an assist on one of Will Carrier's goals on the game in Dallas that I was there for. If you haven't checked that video, check it out because it is a real good video. Uh, but it's uh, these guys, he's doing everything that's being asked of him. I think he's even doing the, the third penalty kill. He's not on the first two, but it, it's these two guys I'm kind of looking at, and I, I can imagine one of them just putting home a goal. And I mean, right now the, the NHL would love it if Anthony Duclair could do it as well. Uh, Cause he's, he's, he's starting to look back and be healthy and also start picking his speed back up. But we, we alluded it before, and I think all three of us are still focused, single-minded on the same thing, just in a different way. And, Phil, let's start with you. What is the key matchup of this series? Um, if you didn't see the little header that I had up there before. Uh, and we'll put it right up. Yeah, Kachuk versus Eichel. That's that's really the, the key here. It's two American-born superstars on the biggest stage in this sport. Going at it, um, I love to see this. I, I, I think it's great that Eichel's there. I, I love the fact that Eichel's there because Buffalo gave him all that crap trying to get out of there, dragged him through the mud, and now he's in Vegas looking to help them win a Stanley Cup. Good for you, Jack. Um, and he's not only that, but he's played extremely well. He's over a point per game. He looks like the dominant elite force that we all knew that he would be when healthy. So good for you, Jack Eichel. But Matthew Kachuk, what a season this would be to win the Stanley Cup. And you know what? This is one of those instances where it's actually a shame that they don't factor playoff performance into the Hart Trophy voting. Because if Matt Kachuk were to win a Stanley Cup and they factored that in, I would 150% give him the MVP over Connor McDavid at that point. Because the way that he dragged this team into the playoffs, he dragged them to the Stanley Cup Finals along with Sergei Bobrovsky. Sorry, I'm not trying to discredit Bobrovsky putting up video game numbers. But Matthew Kachuk is that offense. Because Sasha Barkov, great two-way player, but he's not giving you the offense that you need so far. He's close, but he needs to be better. So Matthew Kachuk has just been the man. Um, I would love to see him win it all. And I tell you right now, I'd probably murder a few people to have Matthew Kachuk on the Rangers. I'm just saying. <laughs> I probably shouldn't admit that on here, but I probably would. Well, I mean, the, the key phrase is probably and would. Now, now, we have your motive. We just don't have the uh, means and the method of how you would do it. And also the corpus delecti, so we're fine with that. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, you have the Matthew Kachuk matchup, but you have something else. Yeah, um, I think Alex Pietrangelo and company are have their hands full trying to shut his shut that line down. Um, but for me, that's the matchup. Um, you know, I mentioned Carter Verhage before. You know, he's going to have to really play good. Um, you know, being that Vegas could put a lot of their efforts into shutting down this top line of Florida. But um, you know, if, if Vegas Pietrangelo specifically can, you know, at least you're not going to completely shut down a trio like this, but. Um, if you could at least limit their chances um, to whereas they're not killing you, you're going to have a chance to win. Um, and I think Vegas, every shift they're out there, they're going to hit them, take every opportunity to make it hard on them, um, you know, make them think twice when they're going into the corners, you know, turn their head, see what's coming. Um, but they have to be really hard on them because, you know, if this line gets going uh, and they do that often, uh, it's hard to stop that train. So 
you know, Peter Angelo uh, and company have their work cut out for him. But, um, you know, for me, I think this is key because I think whoever wins this matchup is ultimately possibly winning the Stanley Cup. And you know that the Vegas owners were salivating when Petrangelo became available when he was a, a free agent. And now here he is. And guys, my, my guy, when you got a guy, he's probably the best forward in the league defensively not to win a Selkie yet, I'm going to say. But Mark Stone is going to, I think they're going to match him up against Keith Kachuk. And damn it. I realized it after <laughs> I said it. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I'm old. Anyway. Oh, my God. So, well, let's, let's get a little quick. Uh, we got to get a jingle going of, oh, no, Mark messed up. All right. So, <laughs> so, all right. So, Matthew Kachuk going up against Mark Stone. This is the Jonathan. Uh, sorry, the Justin Huberto thing all over again because I'm so focused on making sure I have the lead in and getting the graphic up that I forgot the guy's name for a second. And, and yep, there you go, <laughs> Justin Huberto. All right, but no, Mark Stone against Matt Kachuk. And here's the thing. You guys remember last year? Every The narrative was Matt Kachuk doesn't perform in the playoffs. Matt Kachuk isn't a guy that, that can win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> Matt Kachuk might win the Con Smythe even if this team loses. That's how good he's been. He's been the most, uh, probably the most visible forward. I'm going to say not named Connor McDavid in the playoffs. It is amazing what he's been doing. And uh, three game winning goals in one series. And so, yeah, thank God Anthony Lynn isn't in the NHL. Um, but no, it's, it's one of those things I can't help but say that this, this guy and all of us have the same philosophy. Shut down Matt Kachuk. That's all we're thinking about right now. That, that's that's amazing to me. All right, Filk, finish this sentence for me. The Las Vegas Golden Knights will win the Stanley Cup if Aiden Hill can outduel Sergey Bobrovsky. More on that later. That's the biggest. That's thing. what I was going to say too. So might as well skip over me. But yeah, I, I agree there. Uh, see, I, I, now I have to go back to my notes on it as a, a second. I forgot all about it. I think it's, I think it's continued to have balance throughout their lineup. They've actually been a little bit more balanced than Florida. I'm going to still go out on a limb and say their defense has been incredible in the playoffs. The, the golden Knights have, and, uh, they have 31 points out of their defense. The second, that's the second most of the NHL. We're going to cover that more in a minute as well, but, that's because obviously Edmonton, if you touch the puck before McDavid, you got a point. So uh, that's, I think that's going to be a key thing and their balance. And they got to stop Makachuk. They got to stop that line. And so far, nobody's been able to stop him. And one of my favorite Makachuk quotes on this playoff run was when the, the Panthers were up three, nothing over Toronto. And everybody said, Oh, the big, the big guys, Matthews and Marner haven't scored yet. And Makachuk came back and said, Neither have I. Who the hell cares? <laughs> so, all right. Anthony, going to you on this one. The Florida Panthers will win the Stanley Cup if? I'm going to say if it's if, if Barkov could start to produce like the, you know, 90-point player he was, um, I think that might be too much to Vegas because now on top of the Kachuk line, you have Barkov and Verhage really going – um, at some point, it becomes too much for a Vegas team, um, especially a guy that they have in net and Aiden Hill that, you, like I said, you never know when 
you know, you know, the, the pixie dust is going to go away from him. So um, if Barkoff and Verhage are cooking as well, I think that's too much for Vegas. Phil. I, that's what I wanted to say. Um, thank you for taking my original answer. I'll, I'll give you something different. Um, if Florida's defensive depth can handle uh, Vegas's forward depth, and that's going to be the big thing for me. Everybody knows about Ekblad and Petrangelo. It, it's after the top guys is what the, the key matchup is going to be in regard to that. So if, if Florida, if they can handle that forward unit, because they, you know the, the matchup that they want is Ekblad versus Eichel's line. That's what they want. It's the matchups afterwards that are going to determine this series for Florida. And for me, I, I had to kind of look long and hard on this. The easy answer is for Keith, uh, for I almost called him Keith Kachuk again, Matthew Kachuk and, um, and uh, Sergey Bobrovsky to keep playing the way they are. I, I broke this down to one thing. Keep winning board battles. It seems like Florida hasn't lost a board battle since uh, game four against Boston. They just are tenacious on the boards and they're always coming away with the puck. In the four overtime game, I had a debate with a, with a friend of mine, huge Carolina fan, puck. Yeah, he's on here. And I kept on saying this entire four overtime looks like it's dominated by Florida. And I just feel like they got the puck all the time. Clearly that's not true because the other team is able to put it in the back of the net on them, but it's just, it just feels like Florida is just physical and everything. They, they, they don't, they don't lose board battles whatsoever. And, uh, and I'm trying to think of another one. I got another reason up there. Paul Maurice has pushed every single button. <laughs> Keith Kachuk and Jonathan Uberdo. Hey, Keith Kachuk, arguably on the short Jonathan list. Uberdo this time. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Now I see the right answer and the right name and he's gone. <laughs> Guys, I had trouble with my predictions on this. Like I agonized over this. Anthony, I'm going to start with yours. Who do you got in how many games? Um, it was, this was, this was tough. I kind of went back and forth for a little bit, um, but I'm going Florida and seven, you know, if not just for the fact of, like I said, I think they're just a team of destiny right now. I, I really do. Um, you know, everything's gone right for them. Um, and I, I just I just have that feeling. I have the feeling they're going to finish the job here. They're going to win their, their first cup in franchise history. Um, but I think it's going to be a close series. I do. I think there's going to be a couple overtime games. Not that this is going out on a limb, which how often we saw it. But um, I think the, the, you know, the margins are going to be kind of razor thin here. Um, but ultimately, I think the Panthers take it in seven. Phil, who do you got? Florida in six. Uh, I just think that these guys play very – these two teams play very similar games. You talk about board battles before. Vegas is tenacious on them as well. You should ask the Dallas Stars and their defense about that, especially Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, who coughed over quite a few turnovers in that series because of the hustle of guys like Keegan Colasar, Brett Howden, Jonathan Marshes, so Riley Smith, and so on. So those guys are going to cause a lot of trouble for Florida's defense. And if Florida's defense isn't ready for that, you know, they could end up on the losing side of this series. Um, the big thing for me is the goaltending matchup. 
Um, even though Aiden Hill's playing well, Sergey Bobrovsky is playing like Patrick Waugh in 1993 right now. And that's going to be a huge advantage for Florida. And that's why I, I say Florida wins it in six. I know people are in here saying five. Um, wouldn't I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see five. Would it be overly shocking if it happens in five? No, but I think those would be very, very, very close games, and it would be like one nothing, two one, maybe even three two games. So the game's all decided by a goal. Um, now, maybe even if it's a two goal game, I think at most it's decided by a goal and an empty netter. That's it. So, but I'm going with Florida at six. Just to say, the people saying that Florida's going to win in five, that means Florida's going to win three series on the road. I don't see that one happening. Um, and it's it's the one thing to say about Vegas, the one thing I have to bring up about them, is every time we've wanted to count them out, I mean, we as far as like everybody that's been watching hockey, game one, they get waxed by the Winnipeg Jets. What happens? They win an overtime game in Winnipeg, and uh, they I think they even won two overtime games in Winnipeg. They go home in the series in five. Then it's against the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, no, the Edmonton Oilers beat them up 5-1 in game two. Oh, no, and they even took a one nothing lead in game three. What did they do? They came back. They won game three 5-1. Uh, then Edmonton evens the series. Florida wins the next two games. That's all she wrote for them. And then in this series, they go up 3 nothing. Dallas wins the next two. Oh, no, is, is, Florida start, is uh, Vegas starting to blink? No. Vegas then took him just and gave him an absolute beatdown. I was trying to come up with an analogy, but everyone I think might have gotten us demonetized. Oh, we don't have to worry about that. Folks have already murdered somebody. Uh, so, um, but it's it's one of those things. I think every single time you want to count out Vegas, Vegas will prove you wrong. That's where the hard part is for me. But I got to look at this, guys, and I got to go team of destiny. The Panthers in six. Because I think if the Panthers, if this series is tied at two, Panthers win a tight game in game five, they go home, it's not going back to Vegas. Especially since there's 9,000 travel days. What do you guys think about that? There's two travel days for every single travel day? Or whatever. I mean, yeah, you're flying you're flying from, you know, coast to coast and Stanley Cup final. I'm not surprised at it by all. Nah, yeah, not I'm not surprised at two thi- Two things that... I would say about this. Um, the other thing, well, first thing is Florida is a well-rested team. And we saw the Rangers burn out last year against Tampa after taking a 2-0 lead. In the ring, and everybody thought the Rangers were going to march to the Stanley Cup Finals after that. The, Florida's well-rested. And they play, and not only that, but both of these teams play a very physical, grinded-out type game, high-paced. That takes a toll on your body. So for for Florida, it, it's great that they got the rest they needed. Could they end up losing the first game because of the rust factor? Sure. But, again, Vegas won on, what, Monday? Uh, yeah, yeah, Monday. Won on Monday, they're not going to play again until Saturday. So I know Florida, Florida's had a lot more rest than that, but it's still a decent amount of time between games. So uh, I, I, w- I would say that the, the rest factor is a huge thing. Uh, the other thing is that Vegas 
did not play well at various points in series against inferior teams to Florida. Florida beat the crap out of the best team after going down 3-1 in that series. They absolutely demoralized the Bruins. Just demoralized them. Then they shut down the core four in Toronto. And then they took what was looked at as one of the best well-coached units in the NHL in Florida. And they got Table Taravainen back. No Max Pacioretty or Andre Svechikov, obviously. But they put their game to them and stifled them. To me, I, I, I now see why people are saying Florida and five. I see it now. I don't agree with it, but I see it. So for me, Vegas, if they've truly learned from their mistakes in those series, then this series will go on. If they haven't and they're up against a buzzsaw, then this is going to end quicker than we all think. And again, the it's amazing what they were able to do against the Boston Bruins, the Florida Panthers, that is, and how well they played. The, the, like the game that really opened up your eyes was game six when Boston took the lead after being down three to two in the third period. And then Florida just didn't go away. They would not let them away. And then obviously game seven, Brandon Montour tying the game late and Verhage in overtime. So I, I, I think this is going to be an immensely entertaining series. Uh, it's certainly not going to be Florida's last visit to the, the Stanley Cup Finals. And we're going to be going more into the Stanley Cup Finals in just a moment on a Bar Talk segment. So, But first, we got to give a shout-out to DraftKings. Hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're engaging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident? You're buying everybody around. Or, oh, God, just give me a shot. Or just so-so, I'll have a beer. And, of course, play along down in the comments down below. And, you know, 4th of July is coming, everybody. Why go to the liquor store, make it a drizzly night? Have them bring everything to you. Beer, wine, liquor, whatever you want. They'll do all the work. Click the link down below. And, of course, everybody, the Big Apple Hockey Trucker hats are available. Are, are, are available. Click, click the link below and get more out of that. By the way, in two weeks, we will have our draft stream. Can't wait for that. We had a great time last year. Phil breaking down two every weeks. single spot. 
is two weeks, right? Two weeks or three weeks? No, no the draft. I think. I think it's. Like, yeah, it's like, I think it's like it's June twenty. No, no, the draft is like June twenty sixth, twenty eighth, somewhere around there. Free free agency is only is only like a few days after the draft this year. It's close together. No, it's, it's like a, a yeah, it's like a a week or so. I think um, I don't know. Let's see here, coming soon, the Big Apple Hockey Draft stream. Here. Yeah, you're gonna have Anthony hitting the phones. You're gonna have Filk breaking down every single prospect, and you're gonna have me doing shots every single time that there's a trade. So, also everybody once again, keep keep in mind you can go read the Pick of Destiny, the article that I wrote the other day about the about the finals. Staying on the finals right now, Anthony alluded to him earlier as his X Factor player. Aiden Hill in these playoffs, seven and three, nine three seven save percentage, best. In the playoffs, and number two, Sergey Bobrovsky. He's eleven and two, with a nine thirty-five save percentage. By the way, hey Phil, do you know who's number three in save percentage in the NHL playoffs? Not sure. That would be Igor Sesterkin, who is a nine thirty-one save percentage. Anthony, do you know who number four is? I see this where this is going. Is it, I guess is it Ilya Sorokin? It's Ilya Sorokin with a 929. So how about that, boys? Although part of me happens to say these guys played a lot more games. I mean, the 935 with, yes. with, yeah. with 10 games and 13 yeah, games, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. All right. But, it, Anthony, you already alluded to this, but I'm going to ask you uh, it again. It's probably just going to be a layup for you. Aiden Hill has to outplay Sergey Bobrovsky in this series. <laughs> yeah it's this this is a this is a layup um you know Sergei Bobrovsky is playing really like some of the best hockey of his career so yeah um it's gonna be hard to do but it's it's um you know it's certainly around Mark certainly around which I'm actually I'm actually surprised usually you start off bar talk with the Ranger and Islander topics then you go you, you kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop it's on this one so it's gonna work its way yeah. backwards because trust me, yeah. the Rangers made headlines today. It's and, around, and we have it's, a, it's a good around. take on the Islanders. It's All right, around. so that's a round for you, Anthony. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a round. Filk <laughs> hitting the layup button. There's a bear shit in the woods. <laughs> All right. So I, I don't think I even need to give more explanation than that. Mm. All right. I'm actually going to not make this a hat trick, guys. Usually I would like to do that just to promote the hats. But I'm, I'm going to go beer on this. If you're telling me he's got to make saves like the one he made in game five, laying flat on his back, knocking the puck, uh, knocking the puck away from the net, and he would lose, by the way, I, then, then, then that's the guy he might have to be. Vegas's defense is better than what people let on. And we're going to be talking more about their actual defense, but their, their defensive scheme, they, they don't let up as many good opportunities. Sergey Bobrovsky might beat him in saves above expected, but save percentage still might go in Hill's way. Mm-hmm. Look, is does he have to let in more goal, uh, less goals than Sergey Bobrovsky? Yeah, does that count? Eh, not as much. Speaking about which, Philk. Vegas Golden Knights, 31 defense, uh, 31 points among defensemen. They're second to Edmonton. I mentioned that in the A block. 
But the Florida defenseman, 26 points. Brandon Montour, nine points in two two-goal games. The Vegas defenseman will produce more offense than the Panthers' defense. This is actually not a layup. So I'll just start with that. Good job. We'll give you a golf clap for that one. Well, uh, we like the debates. Yeah. I, I think this is going to be very close. Um, I'm going to say beer just because I, I think that might end up being the case. Um, but if Brandon Montour just goes off and channels his inner Paul coffee, then that could be a – that could be a determining factor as to whether or not it goes towards the Panthers' way. And the Panthers' defense is good in transition. Guys like Ekblad, Montour, and Forsling can all skate very well and mm-hmm. move the puck in transition. So, uh, to me, it could go either way. That's why I'm going with beer. Anthony? Yeah, I'm going to go beer, uh, mostly because I think, you know, based on what he did in the regular season, Montour has the ability to kind of really turn it up offensively. Um, you know, he's, I would say, you know, he's probably the most dynamic defenseman playing in the series um, when it comes to just everything, skating and, and the puck moving, et cetera. So just for that alone, um, I, I tilt more towards, I well, I lean more towards Florida here. So um, it's a beer. This one, I am going to make a hat trick. Let's just put it in right there and also say, yeah, it's, a, it's a beer for me, too. Um, I actually forgot that hats get swept away right there. But it's it's a beer for me, too, guys, because I think Vegas has probably the best top four defensemen in the NHL, you could argue. If not, they're, they're top five. And now they're one of two teams left in the playoffs. But to borrow the line, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Brendan Montour goes off. It might be completely different, and that's going to be because he's the guy I think out of all of them. Like Ekblad's a good defenseman, we all know this. Uh, Petrangelo, good defenseman. He's he had a goal last series too. But you know what? You get some of these guys like Montour. Again, two two goal games. No Panther had a two goal game in the playoffs until Brandon Montour. He's got two of them. So we're going to see about that. Speaking of a guy that's got plenty of goals right now. The most in Las Vegas uh, history in the playoffs goes to William Carlson. He has 10 goals right now. By the way, did you know eight was their record? And they went to the Stanley Cup finals and a couple conference finals. That is that is bizarre to me. But he's got 10 goals right now. He had two in the clincher in game six on Monday. Philk, William Carlson is a constant favorite for, da- for Vegas. Get the button going again. <laughs> <laughs> button All right. It just it, – it, it's – you know what? It, it, you're you're looking at a player that has 10 goals, and he's leading the team in, in, in goal scoring. He's not the he's not the point scorer, but, yes, he is a consmite yeah. favorite. He's one of, I would say, two or three guys that if Vegas won, you would look at them and say, hey – you're probably giving it to that guy. So the other guy you're looking at is, is Eichel. Um, and then Phil, can I, by the way, Phil, can I change one word? Can I change it to the cons, my favorite for Vegas? Does that change your answer? So is he the cons? My, all right, yeah, so then that would change things. A cons, my favorite is 
pretty broad. Yeah. If you want to change it to the cons, my favorite, then no, it's a beer at that point, and it's not as much of a layup. All right. But who are your other ones? It's almost like I feel like I'm I'm Charlie Brown trying to kick the football and Marcus Luthi just moving it while I'm trying to go and kick it. All right. So, but who is the other consequence favor you said for Eichel? And you mentioned one on the one. I would say Aiden Hill. And then if I had to go four, I would go March or so. Okay. Anthony. Um, yeah, it's if you you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm tempted to still go around here. Um, you know, there's only two guys that have the same or more goals than him, and they're both not playing anymore. They, you know, Hints and uh, Drysaddle they've been eliminated. So technically, he's the leader in goals in the playoffs right now. Um, he scored some big goals too. Uh, you know, and getting to double digits in the playoffs is is impressive. Um, you know, he seems to have some clutchness in his game. Uh, so Aiden Hill is probably the other choice for me, but I think I'm going to go around. I, I think if he continues, especially if he scores, you know, maybe two to three more goals this series, I think he could wrap it up in a bow if Vegas wins the cup. So I'll, I'll go around. I know where you're getting I'll, I'll point to something before you go, Mark. Evgeny Kuznetsov was the first 30-point player for in the playoffs since 2009, Crosby and Malkin in 2018. He led the playoffs with 32 points that year. I thought with the way that he was playing and the positional value of center over wing, that he was going to win the consummate for sure. Alexander Ovechkin scored 14 goals, had less points, and they gave it to him. So if, if William Carlson ends with like 14, 15 goals. Yeah. You could be looking at your cons Mike winner right there. Right. You can start getting into that magic territory. Like when you start talking, well, first off, if he goes off and scores nine, it's all his, uh, nobody's ever scored 20 goals in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I thought, I thought that Leon dry was going to do it. So, um, but the, uh, when I look at Carlson, I think he's, he's definitely making a solid case. My guy is Jack Eichel. Uh, number one is Jack Eichel for me. Aiden Hill would probably be number two. And Marcheseau is quickly coming up uh, to to get into those ranks. Now, is Carlson there? Yeah, because Carlson's having sort of like a little bit of a Claude Lemieux type of playoff run. And he's he's one of those guys. I mean, Claude Lemieux for the Devils, 95, fantastic. And he was a pest. He bothered everybody. He, was, he, he passed the eye test perfectly. By the way, guys. Most game-winning goals in the playoffs this year was Matthew Kachuk, and then just be, just behind him, Carver Hagee, Jonathan Marchessault, and uh, Colin Stevenson. Chandler, not Chandler Stevenson. Fuck! <laughs> Damn it! I, I, I forgot his name just as I was about to say it. <laughs> All right. He called him Colin. We'll, we'll get the graphic up in a second. There it is. All right. <laughs> See, we at least self-check. I can at least admit my faults. All right. Anthony, we're going to go to you first. Kachuk and Verhage will have more game winners than Marcheseau and Stevenson in the Stanley Cup Finals. Wait. Where are you pulling all these topics from? They're not in the rundown. You're throwing you're you're throwing the yeah, it was. for a loop here. That was in the rundown. He's interesting. Where's it? Uh, in the not that one. 
Yeah, I'm well, just busting uh, Mark's uh, chops. Yeah, sure. I'm just. Um, we got a lot of bar talk today. That's the thing. Uh, I'm gonna go. I mean, based on just how how clutch Kachuk has been um, with his, you know, timeliness of him scoring big goals, I'm gonna go round. Um, but th- something like this is so hard to predict. Um, you know, you, you know, usually, like I said, sometimes the unsung hero who pops a game-winning goal, thus, you know, Howden for Vegas. Um, but yeah. Uh, well, then Stevenson in game I, two. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go beer. I'll go beer. All right. Uh, beer on that one, Philk. What do you think? Yeah, I'm gonna go beer. Uh, I would love to say round, just because I, I think Kachuk is one of the most clutch scorers in the game right now. But the way Marshall has been playing lately, I just uh, what are you laughing at? Man? Oh, that that was yeah. That was I just I just realized I just realized that now. Um. Oh, he could have yeah. he could have called him Turner. He could have called him Turner Stevenson too. Yeah, but the spelling would be wrong. No, because I knew it had the I yeah. knew it had the the yeah. G. Look, I know a lot of stuff. I can't help it. Sometimes <laughs> the wires get crossed. <laughs> oh God! My. I I think we just oh, lost Anthony for a minute. <laughs> oh man! I, I, uh, I think- the Ranger, I think everybody in the chat would be jumping all over that one because Colin writes for for Newsday. But um, I inadvertently gave Colin a shout out. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I Colin's work is great. I, I, he's one of the top guys from the Rangers. If anybody doesn't follow him on Twitter or you know look at his work at Newsday, he's actually really good, and he doesn't get some of the fanfare that Vince and Molly Walker and, and Arthur Staple get. So definitely follow Colin Stevenson for some good Rangers content. Um, yeah, I, I would say, I'm going to say beer here. I, I, I would like to think that it would be around, but I'm, I can't necessarily say around for sure, but this is, I, I think it'll happen. I, I think for Hagee might be the one that ends up scoring more of the game winners in this series than anybody. Keith Kachuk had three game winners in a conference finals. I can't recall the last time anybody has ever done that. That's you, that is just you just call him Matthew. Again? Matthew. Matthew Jesus. <laughs> wow. Oh man. All right. <laughs> Actors are always better on the second take. I, I gotta I gotta say, you were you were bar none, probably the worst. in terms of getting names, you were you were at the top of the list as as the well, most, you know, I um, I went through all this. I even wrote his name down nine thousand times. <laughs> you, you guys remember? Do you guys remember that old Snickers commercial where he goes into the uh, he goes into the, the the room and he's being the boss and the guy's name is Dumas and he calls him dumbass. That oh yeah, that's that's A and W commercial because it's pretty thick headed. I thought that was a Snickers commercial, but no, I mean, no, no. I guess the Snickers oh, one you may be thinking oh, of, 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 of where, where are you? I'm in Tampa Bay. Who, who am I? You're on the coach. Who are you? I'm Batman. <laughs> so, Mar- yeah, Mar- um, definitely like twenty two. <laughs> well, guys, uh, well, Matthew Kachuk, three, three game winning goals in a playoff run. It, he's been incredible, and I, I got to buy a round. I think he's getting at least one. 
and it wouldn't surprise me if Carter Verhage had the goal to win the Stanley Cup. That's how good of a player he's been and how clutch he's been in his career. So that's a hard no on that, Johnny. Hey, Mark, do you have Mark do a couple of shots during the podcast? Anthony. Mark, do you, do you have, I'm just curious, do you have something against Brady Kachuk? I mean, while you're getting names wrong, you keep calling him Keith. You can at least call him Brady. For, for <laughs> uh, I, that is true, Anthony. That is true. It is a little bit of my age showing because I, I mean, hell, I even had that, uh, I think it was Acclaim Power Play uh, 98, the, the video game, the one no, that NHL Breakaway 98. I had. NHL Breakaway, yeah, it was Acclaim that, that, that did it. And, um, uh, and the, the commercial with Keith Kachuk saying, I was named for a goal being scored. Kachuk. Or when it was the Fox commercial where they just moved to Phoenix and they, they're looking over at him at a diner and going, he says he's a hockey player. In, in Arizona? Is that really going to happen? And then it's, what's his name? T. Chuck? No, we better make him pay cash. I, that that, that commercial think, was hilarious. So I think we Which should, is going to be uh, another video for me to do. Maybe for the draft day stream, I think we should have thing for every for every mistake you make with a name or, or something you have to take a shot and see how drunk you'll be by the time the show ends. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be, all right, I think it would be good entertainment. You know, giving we, we have a lot of people watching. Not something we want to do. <laughs> well, because I'm I'm gonna have we to have do it at home people. this year because since I added the pool table at the bar, it makes it a little bit more difficult for me to do it. Maybe maybe I'll do that instead. Uh, but together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, the, the beautiful Maria Cosenza. All right, I will make sure I get it together, Han. I'll do it. I'll do that for you. <laughs> speaking about actually speaking about things that are hard to watch, and a group of people that might find this a little bit hard to watch this game. When you watch this series. Uh, the, the the finals, Jack Eichel playing for Vegas, Sam Reinhart and Brandon Montour playing for Buffalo. Uh, sorry, playing for Florida. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning right into the next question already. This is going to be a tough series for Buffalo fans to watch, Philk. Really? <laughs> really? There it is. I got it for you. Yeah. You're, you're, you're telling me, you're asking me whether or not this is going to be tough when three of their former stars, three of their former players are playing. I mean, come on, Mark. I mean, I think Cork said you were so silly before. I think it was. I ha- kind of have to repeat that sentiment. You are a very silly man, Mark. <laughs> very silly man. And of course, by the way, I guess I have to go with uh, this one for Anthony Once Mark Dead for the amount of names I've mispronounced. <laughs> all right, uh, so so Phil, that's that's all you're gonna say with that one. I mean, I don't know what else really there is to say. I mean, you, you kind of they dragged one guy through the mud. Mm-hmm. Brandon Montour, they thought was a nothing burger, and got rid of him. And then Sam Reinhart, I mean, they just, I guess they just couldn't afford to pay him or didn't want to pay him and just decided to move him out. I mean, Kevin Adams, I mean, I, I know that they, the Sabres played well this season, but he moved out three key players and now they're all playing for the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, Kevin Adams, you reap what you sow, bud. 
Anthony. So I'm a, I'm actually going to play devil's advocate on this one um, just for the sake of debate, really, because it would be boring if I agree with Phil, which I do a lot. But in this instance, um, I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to say shot mostly because all right, Jack Eichel, they had no choice. He didn't want to be a Buffalo Sabre anymore. So they had you know, they had to do finally do it was right. They traded him. And in return, you know, they got back Alex Tuck, who had a hell of a year for Buffalo. Peyton Krebs, who looks to be – who's going to be a pretty damn good player. Um, the Sam Reinhart trade, um, they got back their franchise goalie, Devin Levy, in that trade. Now and he's there in Buffalo. Um, and uh, Brandon Montel is the only one where I, I can't spin in that direction. I mean, they gave up on him. They, you know, they, I think they got like a fifth-round pick for him. Um, so that one's tough, I'm sure. Sabre fans watch that and like, ah, oh, damn, really screwed up on that one. But – the other two guys, they got back a lot of good pieces that are helping them win now. And again, one of them in Eichel was banged down the door to get out of Buffalo. So, you know, it's 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 a little different. Um, so that's my take on it. Uh, so, well, you know, I'll, I'll say shot. Buffalo is an up-and-coming team. I'm actually going to go beer on this one. And I was leaning towards shot on this one. I upgraded it for beer only because... It's sort of like if you get a guy number two overall and then you trade him or even number one overall and you trade him and then he immediately succeeds somewhere else. Because after all, if you go on Rangers Twitter, uh, Pavel Buchnevich is the greatest player ever to wear a Rangers jersey and that uh, that they ever gave away. People, there's been other players. And then on top of it, Alexei Lafreniere has already been traded to the Vancouver Canucks. And, and or the Montreal Canadiens, either one that that goes all the time everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, but but as far as so that could end up stinging and going, oh man. But Jack Eichel was producing in Buffalo. There's a little bit of a Matthew Shane angle with that, where once you got the drama over with, you you got these, this younger player who was flourishing, a la Nate McKinnon did, and now you got Tage Thompson doing it. So now, I for one, you know what. You, you look back at it, and it's like hearing about an ex-girlfriend that got married. You're like, hey, good for you. Go on. It, it, it's, not, it's not something with me. So just I, I'm happy with what my situation is now and my brighter future ahead. So, and there you go, babe, the brighter future ahead for us. So, <laughs> um, but again, I, that's, I'm going to go beer on that. Next, yeah, next time you called Matthew it was a great that's what she said i forgot all about that i think it was you had it earlier in the in the in the thing but i i mean i for one you know what buffalo fans you got your goalie of the future just as anthony said from the sam Reinhardt trade i forgot who they got with the first round pick from the florida panthers in that trade then you have jack eichel you still got i think uh peyton Kreps as well they're set up they're fine Guys, a lot of news was made today with the New York Rangers because the Rangers are in deep talks with Peter Laviolette to become head coach. Laviolette. I knew I screwed it up again. You did. Peter Laviolette to become the Rangers head coach. But the Rangers also received permission to speak to John Heinstay, who was also fired by the Florida, by the uh, National Predators. Oh, my goodness. I'm falling apart at the seams. Um, you are. But pull yourself together. I am pulling it together. It's going to be great. Uh, Phil, <laughs> I heard a wise man say this in our group chat. The Rangers are better off with Chris Knobloch than John Hines. 
Put up the easy button. At least, <laughs> all right. At least you didn't call him Chuck. Call him. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if Mark called him Chuck Knobloch? Oh my god! Uh, I unfortunately didn't, didn't call him Chuck Knobloch. About this right now is if Mark would have called him Chuck Knobloch, I would have just walked. <laughs> I would have died. I would have absolutely died. I, I just, you know what? Uh, go off on me because yeah. this is just ridiculous. So, you're telling me if if you're Chris Drew, you're telling me that you think it's a better idea to bring in a guy? Yeah, yeah. Like Johnny says, plug in or plug a, a remove and then plug back in, basically like rebooting. So. Yeah, former former Predators coach Heinz Ward. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um, uh. it's just if you're going to go with John Hines and you're going to pull a nepotism pick and go with John Hines, why are you doing that over Peter Laviolette? <clears throat> I don't understand that. So to me, John Hines has, is a nothing burger of a coach. He hasn't done anything good at the NHL level. He hasn't done anything with either of the teams that he was with. He hasn't gotten past the first round of the playoffs. I, I, I don't understand why you would bring this guy in. And then listen, I know that the rosters weren't great in Jersey. And the only reason they made the playoffs in 2018 was because Taylor Hall had a point in 26 consecutive games. I mean, to, I just I, I don't understand why you would bring in a guy that's a, a meh type coach. I don't. You might as well just go with a rookie coach at that point. Just if you're going to do that, like your job is on the line. So if you're, if any one of us were a general manager and our jobs are on the line, who are we hiring? The guy that has a Stanley Cup has been three Stanley Cup finals and is one of the most winning coaches of all time. The guy that's nothing burger that you kind of know what he is already at the NHL level and he's just a meh coach or a rookie head coach with potential. Where are you ranking these three? Because I'm going the winner, the rookie, and then the nothing burger. And that, to me, it's like asking who would you rather have on your freaking men's league team, me or Leon Dreisaitl? If you say anything other than Leon Dreisaitl, you deserve to be Baker-acted and put in an institution. Yes, Drew's job is on the line. It is. Because this hire is going to make or break him. And yeah, let's absolutely. just say right now, he goes and hires Hines. He goes and hires a rookie over Laviolette. One of those two options. And then he gets fired three years later. It's his third coach. You know what's going to happen? The next team is going to look at him, and they're going to question his decision-making ability because they're going to think he's out to lunch for not hiring the guy that could command respect Take care of the young talent and get the team to the next level. What are you doing? Your job's on the line. Mm. Hire the safe pick. Now, and 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 again, it, it blows my mind that they're even thinking about that. Anthony, exp- answer not only the question, but expand on Chris Drury's job is on the line. All right, first. First, um, answer the question. It's around um, if 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 you're going to roll the dice and pass over a guy like Laviolette, I mean, at least at the, at least at that point, give it to a guy that's within your organization 
you know, maybe know some of the players. Um, but to, to pass up on, on La Violette, to bring in a guy like John Hines, um, it's just nepotism at this point. You know, they all, we all kind of know about the connection between Drury and Hines at this point. Um, and especially this late in the game, I mean, the Rangers coaching search, by all accounts, has is pretty far down the line, almost at the finish line. So all of a sudden to, to you know, bring in a guy for an interview who just got fired, you know, yesterday and bring him in now. I mean, to me, it just it just speaks volumes. It just speaks volumes about maybe how they feel about LaViolette for whatever reason. Maybe they're not, you know, totally, you know, in love with them. It's almost like, you know, they're, they're, they were just looking for something better to come along or in their eyes perceived to be better to come along. Um, the fact that they're going through this now tells me that maybe they're not all that sold on LaViolette. Um, and I just like Phil said, John Hines is kind of he's kind of meh. I mean, he's he's kind of. He's vanilla. He's like he's like Josh Bailey. It's just like, eh, you know, it's it's here or there. Um, I don't I don't understand it. I think it would be a big mistake. And Mark, to your point, to explain about why his job's on the line, this would be his third coach. Whoever he hires, this is his third coach in his tenure so far. Um, so yeah, his job's absolutely on the line. If they were, if he hires, technically John second because he fired David Quinn. But if he hires John Hines or any other coach, and let's say whoever it was, doesn't matter, but especially Hines, if they had a bad year, they missed the playoffs or they lost in the first round again, at that point, what, are you going to fire the coach again, hire another coach? No, at that point, they're going to look upstairs to Chris Jordan and they're like, all right, well, it's clearly you're not getting a job done. Maybe you're the problem. So it's a round to that one, too, about his job. Being right now, anybody who thinks that Chris Drury has this – like unrelenting job security you are sadly and i mean sadly and i'm going to emphasize that for a third time sadly mistaken yeah i know and, and wants to win now and if and they Phil, don't, sorry finish your thought i'm sorry if they don't win with this next head coach chris drury is probably is more than likely gone he's likely gone because <clears throat> this guy put together the most talented team in New York Rangers history on paper heading into this playoff run, they didn't win. Coach, he got into it with the coach. That wasn't a bad move. That wasn't that wasn't a good look for this organization. It was a really, really, really bad look. And then you you, you have you have a guy that's going to come in after this, and now he has to handle a pressure cooker situation where they have to win now. You're not going to put that on a rookie and develop and, talent. If you think John Hines is going to be the guy that gets them over the hump when he's been in the NHL for, for what, almost 10 years now and hasn't done anything, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just a terrible, terrible decision to make, and it screams nepotism. And this organization is known for nepotism, apparently, but I, I wish people would stop talking about Patrick Waugh because he hasn't coached in almost 10 years as well. He came into the league right when Hines was leaving. Or, I mean, uh, he, he was leaving the league right when Hines came in. And Patrick Waugh had a great first year, was with Jack Adams' guy. And then the team's request, request for the next two seasons heavily. So mm -hmm. I would rather have Patrick Waugh over John Hines. And that's not saying a lot about Patrick Waugh or John Hines. I, Phil, I got to keep extending from what you're saying right there because, look – I do think John Hines is a good coach at the end. 
Oh, I think he could land another job. This is the premier job in the NHL right now. Whether or not you want to argue it's this Toronto Maple Leafs or the Calgary Flames, because all three teams can you can have a new coach take it over and conceivably win the Stanley Cup. Now, first, let me go with Chris Knobloch, the advantage of him, brought to you by Steven, who mentioned this on his podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. Chris Knobloch, he could be a good option. He does know the roster. He knows most of the players that are on there because he's coached them before, albeit briefly, for about two weeks. The players responded. They had their best uh, efforts. And, yes, Philk, and it was definitely an FU to David Quinn when they did that. Now, let's go to another theme. This is the Stanley Cup Finals. Come Saturday, Bruce Cassidy will be the first coach, sorry, the second coach since 2009, and I'm going all the way back to 2009 just to give myself an extra year, but uh, since 2009 to coach two different teams to the Stanley Cup Finals. Who was the previous guy? Peter LaViolette. Go with this guy. If you're telling me these are my choices, I'm going with him. But I, I know what the problem is. I know what the problem is, guys. And I think there's still a glimmer of hope they might get Quenville. And it's not happening. And neither should they. So I'm adamant about that. I'm going to give you a stat here. There are three coaches in the modern era to go to the Stanley Cup Finals with three different teams and win at least one Stanley Cup. Can you name those three? I looked at your Twitter today, so I do. I can. Oh, well, you're, you're banned then. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony I, would, I would ask the question, but he just away. He's, like, uh, he's just taking care of a situation. Yeah, probably with Ella or something. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, Anthony, Anthony, you're back. Yeah. Did you hear that question that I asked? Oh, no, no. What was the question? Okay, so there are three coaches in the modern era to go to the Stanley Cup Finals with three different teams and win at least mm-hmm. one Stanley Cup. Do you know who they are? Uh, let's see here. At least one of them won the Cup? They, yep, they won the Cup at least one time out of those three appearances. Let's see the Ducks. Mike Babcock has to be one of them. With the, because he won the only finals two teams. Finals with two teams. It's got to be oh, three teams. Three teams. Three different teams. Three different teams. Mike Babcock <clears throat> is not an answer. Let's see, Sullivan. Uh, I, I don't know. So the first one, obviously, since we're talking about him, is Peter Laviolette. Yeah. This that one, one I see. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's the, the guy that that's why this is coming into play. Mm-hmm. The second one is Scotty Bowman. He went to the finals with Montreal, with uh, Pittsburgh, with Detroit. He's won a Stanley Cup with each of them. With each of those teams, yeah. So um, he's won with three different teams in the Stanley Cup finals. He's the only coach to do that. And then the other one is actually Mike Keenan. Mm-hmm. Mike Keenan went to the finals in 87 and, and uh, 85 with Philly. Lost both times to Edmonton. Won 92 to- in Chicago. In Chicago, lost to Pittsburgh. And then won in 94 with uh, the Rangers. So, yeah. You know what's I funny, Phil? He, he, in 94, 
after that, he never made it to a conference finals ever again. No, he, he never made it to a conference finals again after that. He got to the second round in 96 with St. Louis. And then and Wayne Gretzky. Eisenman, yeah, and Eisenman sent them to the uh, to the conference finals. So, um, yeah, but Bo- Bowman, it, it, it just that obviously that's one one. But the, the point is here that Laviolette is a level of winner that – this team needs they need that and they need a guy who's going to come in and command that locker room they need someone who's going to hold everybody accountable they need someone who isn't a player's coach all everything that they have and that they need that they're looking for is right there in front of them in this one guy this should be a no-brainer of a hire i would i i i'd have to imagine that they're either doing their due diligence or that there's something that they didn't like, or maybe they think that the players won't respond to lobby elect. But here's, here's what I have to say with that, Philk. If you watch the 2011-2012 Road to the Winter Classic, you can see who Peter Laviolette is. He's both a disciplinarian and a, play- and a player's coach. Like, this guy talks the players very well. He's – I mean, yes, his message wears out, but – he also can give him an earful if you need to. There was a game, I think, where the Flyers got stomped 6 nothing or something like that. And he just kind of walked up to them and said, guys, look, this, this sucks. It's horrible. Let it burn on you. And we'll, we'll wake up tomorrow and go to practice, and then that's it. John Hines is not going to be that guy. Chris Knobloch. All right, we're going to move on because, we guys, we do have a tremendous show for us tonight. Um, and... While we're at it, speaking about people that are might be a little bit overrated or talks breaking down elsewhere, Kyle Dubas may have broken off talks with the Pittsburgh Penguins, according to a report today. Anthony, Lou Lamarillo should hire Kyle Dubas as the GM and have Dubas succeed him as the president when Lou retires. Yeah, so this this is a round. Um, just to expand on what you know, what what, what really transpired here was Elliot Friedman said that. Um, you know, one of the reasons why it seems as though Dubas, the Penguins, hasn't materialized yet is that he thinks that there may be a team or teams that they don't know about that are kind of expressing interest in Dubas. And that made Islanders beat writer from the Athletic, Kevin Kurz, kind of um, tweet about it and then post uh, his story to an article he posted a couple of weeks ago about how, you know, Kyle Dubas could be a good fit for the Islanders. So um, is it possible that? It's a snag because maybe, you know, Lou likes to work in secrecy. You know, maybe he's he's talking to Kyle Dubas about coming to the island. You know, Kerr has mentioned, obviously, they have the relationship, um, mutual respect between each other. So, look, Lou Lamorello is going to be 81 years old in October when next season starts. Um, you know, this is a guy that, you know, while there's no doubt about players love to play for him and, you know, he, he's transformed the Islanders into a very – uh, first class organization with how the players are treated, et cetera, et cetera. You know, 81, let's face it, no matter who you are, you're eventually going to start to kind of slow down. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for Lou Lamorell to slowly start to transition into his, you know, into his retirement. Um, you know, hand, hand Dubas the, the reins as general manager. You know, he can remain as president for maybe another year or two or, you know, or however he, he wants to kind of phase himself out. But um, I think it would be a great move for the Islanders and their organization. You know, 
Um, and Lou's a proud guy. This is a guy that's not going to like to hand off any control. Like, for instance, there's no way he would ever do this for just some young assistant general manager looking to step into the first role as a general manager. But for someone like Kyle Dubas that he knows, respects, and likes, I think it's a situation that he would consider. So, um, And it would benefit the Islanders. It's a young, fresh face um, in, into the role that you know views the game a little differently. So, um, yeah, th- this, is, this is a round for me. Whether or not this is the reason why there's a snag between Pittsburgh, that I don't know. But I do think it makes sense. Phil. Yeah, I would say this is around. I, 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 not only that, but I just think that the Islanders need to change their approach from this old school approach that they have with Lou Lamorello to something more fresh based and more, maybe a little more analytics based with Dubas. Um, I, I don't like to preach analytics, but I, I think the Islanders definitely need to employ a little more of that. I probably they have their own I'd imagine because every team has their own but I think Dubis really preaches that pretty hard in Toronto and I, I think that should be a welcome change for the Islanders and their fans so um I I would say yeah I, I think this is a slam dunk I'm not convinced guys I'm gonna go beer on this uh, Kyle Dubis it just has I, I gotta ask this question what does he have for a good track record one playoff series win and just losing a lot of other times. Yeah, he lost the better teams, but still, like I, I don't see it with Kyle Dubas just yet. And, and just and and the idea that he might come in and maybe even bring uh Sheldon Keefe with him, it's just you know I, I I'm trying to think of other comparisons to use. I thought about Nate from uh, Ted Lasso, but that guy apparently is a genius on that show. It's it's sort of like it's just like why are we going gaga over over Kyle Dubas who the Maple Leafs almost couldn't get him out in time I, I love that one that story of well we're gonna bring him back but then he asked for a raise for what for what his team did nothing they won one more round in the second round than they did in the previous 19 years uh, uh, one more game one more game that was it I'm starting to get into that voice. <laughs> All right. Succeeding him, by the way, Filk, in Toronto, Bradtree Living, going on from uh, going on from the Calgary Flames now to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he's got a big obstacle ahead of him. For Bradtree Living to be successful, Bradtree Living needs to get John Tavares to waive his new move clause. Filk. Um. I mean, in order to be successful, he needs to. I mean, or just then he needs to do it. How about that? I'm gonna say shot either way, just because I don't think he needs to have Tavares wave to do anything. I mean, he's gonna have to move some sort of salary somewhere. Um, I don't. I don't think it. I don't think he's gonna be able to move Tavares. I don't think Tavares wants to move. He has the no movement clause. And I, that contract sucks, to be honest with you. I mean, he, he hasn't looked all that great since signing it. I mean, the first year, he had like 40 goals and like 80 points. But, like, they, yeah, I, they're, not, they're not moving John Tavares. I, I just don't think they, they really can at this point uh, unless they retain. And I, I just – and not only that, but, I mean, he has to, he has to agree with first. 
So I, I, I would say, I would say no. I, I think that contract's only going to get worse over time because John Tavares is not a great skater. He's never been a great skater. Although his skating improved, you know, massively early on in his career, he's still not considered a great skater by today's standards. So um, that's only going to get worse as he gets older, and it, the, it's going to be harder for him to keep up with the game as that contract goes due to the, the, the sheer lack of foot speed. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, it would be best if they moved him, but needs to move him to needs to. Uh, I, I would say shot right now, maybe at some point in the future, but shot right now. Anthony. Um, I'm actually in a round, and I'll, t- I'll tell you why. It's a, they, they need to change the makeup of their team. I think this is the year that the core four finally gets broken up and, Listen, you can't you can't lose Austin Matthews. You got to do what you can to keep him. Same thing with Mitch Marner. These are these are elite young players. Even William Nylander, he's twenty seven years old. You know his contract's up in a year. You got to keep him too. You can't you can't keep a thirty two year old John Tavares in the lineup, which yeah, ends no up choice. costing you a guy like William Nylander. Um, so they, I'm not saying you know. He's going to get moved, but they need to at least try to get him to waive his no movement clause. Because if you can get rid of Tavares, that will enable you to to re-sign Nylander. Um, you know, you're more than likely to be able to keep you know, extend Matthews long term. Um, so getting rid of a 32 year old that has what two two or three years left on his contract that pays him a little over 11 million dollars um, that would be huge for Toronto. Uh, but Philk is right. I mean, it's going to be hard because, you know, he has to agree to waive it. But um, I think they have to at least take a shot. And you know what? Maybe if they come to him and, and say, listen, the new GM, Trey Living, says, I'm going in a different direction here. And he really kind of lays out that in a nice way that they don't want him anymore and they're moving in a different direction. You know, maybe the player will say, OK, and give him a very limited amount of teams. But he needs to at least take a stab at that because, um Keeping him, if it ultimately costs you William Nylander, I mean that that's that's just bad asset management because of just the, the age He's alone. Not have a choice. Oh, by the way, I forgot who's the one that signed Tavares to that contract. Kyle Dubas. Oh, good. Let's get him to manage another organization to the ground. Uh, no, the um the answer is I. You know what? He needs to get him to do it. I'll go with beer on this because you know what? It would certainly help. But John Tavares is going to tell you to go scratch. You wanted me to come home. You begged for me to come here. I went through a world of hell to, I tarnished my legacy where I was. He could have retired as an Islander and been a God, regardless of what that team ever did, because he was one of the best Islanders ever to suit up. Sorry, everybody. That's a fact. And, and then now it's, it's just, now you're going to be like, no, we really, we really need to get rid of you. We'll figure out a different way. Maybe don't sign everybody to, Austin Matthews, an $11.6 million contract. Uh, Mitch, um, Mitch Barner, uh, 10.9, basically $11 million. Yeah, but you, well, you, you got to sign those. those. I'm, those just gonna go, I'm trying to go down the list. Morgan Riley, 7.5 until the end of time. Or, um, yeah, or teaser TJ Brody. <clears throat> those are all, I know they're no brainer, guys, but maybe try to figure out other ways. Have a don't sign Tavares to an $11 million deal. Like that was well, it, it just they they didn't manage their assets. Now where now that we're the Toronto Maple Leafs. Good luck, Bradtree Living. Because and as much as I thank you, 14 of you that is still here to hear me go off about this, but no, I, I just can't help but look at 
at the, at the, the Maple Leafs and go, okay, what are you doing next year? What are you doing? What are you doing? You have no more assets to trade. Good for you. And uh, let's see. They got a first rounder from Boston and a first rounder in 2024. And then they have no draft picks besides one from the Islanders that they got in the Pierre Engvall deal until 2024 in the third round. Nice job. Nice job. So that's the first three rounds. I'm sorry. All right. Florida Panthers, John Hines was fired this week, by the way. Guys, what do you think yeah, about well, Barry Trotz? <laughs> I keep saying it. What? Because we talked about the Florida Panthers so much. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, National Predators, John Hines fired. What do you guys think about It's sort of like a Rick Tockett situation. They interviewed Andrew Burnett before firing him. It's a weird, weird situation. I don't know why you would ever do that. Yeah. But Andrew Burnett is the perfect coach for the Predators. Anthony. Perfect. I mean, yeah, I think I think he's a good fit. I mean, when when kind of Quenville got, you know, banned, he did a good job in Florida. Small sample size, but um I think he's he's a, a young coach that has potential to you know to keep growing. Um Nashville's a team that is a mix of, you know, some veterans and Johansson and, and Duchesne. Forsberg, and then you have some younger guys coming up, um, you know, and, you know, I, I think he could put his own stamp on the team, uh, you know, with him in conjunction with Barry Trotz, two new faces, uh, you know, I think for the Predators right now, it's like I said, it's a little bit of a fresh start. So, I mean, I'll, I'll go beer just because I don't know if he's the perfect coach, but he's a good one. He's a good choice. They made a good hire. It's just, I don't know. I don't know if he's perfect, but so it's a beer in that aspect. Phil, what do you think? John, uh, Andrew Burnett. Almost a John Hines. Same, same thing. Um, I'm going to have to go beer just because I'm not sure if he's a perfect fit. But, I mean, he was number two on my wish list. Uh, my top three for this Rangers job were Mike Sullivan, Andrew Burnett, and then Peter Laviolette. And I, I, I think that if anything – Brunette seems like the guy who's a happy medium of a player's coach and a barker um, who understands offenses very well, but plays a good, solid, structured game, understands X's and O's, knows how to make some adjustments mid-game. I, I, I think that he is a good fit for a team. I think he could probably get a lot out of that roster, and that roster is really not that great right now. So um, I, I think going forward – I, I think he is probably a very good fit. I just the word perfect is not really conducive here for me. I'm just going to highlight Steven's uh, comment on this one right here of uh, how much will Barry Trotz be involved as a coach, as former coach, and why is it important to bring uh, that he went for a coach who brings offensive knowledge to the bench with him being a defensive I'll, I'll guy. Step in right, uh, I'll, I'm going to step right in right there because I, I saw the clip from Barry Trotz today. And basically what he said was they were talking about drafting and, and, and going out and getting basically some home run swing type picks. What that tells me is that Barry Trotz probably isn't going to have his hands on as much as some people think. And I think he'll just be there for Andrew Burnett, given if Andrew Burnett wants to go to him for any advice. Okay which actually would work out fine 
because then you still have a coach that's learning on the job. I, I've said this before about Andrew Burnett when he was trying, they were trying to fit him in for the Rangers job. It wasn't going to work for the Rangers. I don't think for the national predators, there's a little bit less pressure. He doesn't have to win right away. And you know something I'm going to go, I'm going to go around on this one. I think it might be perfect. This is the first time Nashville is going with an offensive coach pretty much in their history. And you never see that with them at all. So, you know what? Just it, it, it's great to see that Barry Trotz is already trying to change some philosophical things and not just trying to keep the status quo from um, uh, from Dave Poyle. So there you go. Uh, hmm. Okay. Alex DeBrinket is going to be an RFA in his offseason. Filk, let me start with you. Alex DeBrinket will be the biggest name traded this offseason. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go around here. I I, I think he's going to get moved, and I I think he probably will be the biggest name moved. I I don't necessarily see something like that, you know, something – some one bigger rather being moved than him, but you can end up having a deal that comes out of nowhere. Like that Kachuk Huberdo deal last year. And that deal came out of nowhere. Nobody saw that coming. No one. And, you know, I, I watched the video on how that whole thing unfolded and, and with, you know, Kachuk being, you know, an RFA and them not, you know, giving him the deal that he was looking for. Maybe something like that's out there, but I mean, those instances are few and far between. I, I, I think it's a little more of a safer bet to say that Alex DeBrinket will probably get traded. And yeah, I think he'll probably be the biggest name though. Anthony, what do you think? Um, I, I think, I mean, I can't say round for sure. Cause like folks say, you never know. I mean, you didn't really know or see the, the Kachuk for, well, Kachuk said he wasn't going to resign, so everyone knew he was going to be traded. But no one saw the, the trade itself of Kachuk for Huberto to be to be executed. Um, so you never know. I mean, they're, they're, and also, too, there's guys like, you know, Mark Shifley who could be moved in the Jets retool this summer. So uh, that would, you know, that could be right up there. But I think the Brinkett's probably a safe bet to be traded. He's an RFA. There's already whispers that he's unsure if he wants to resign in Ottawa. Uh, which if that's the case, Otto would be foolish to not, you know, to not move him. They could also, you know, get back some of the assets they spent to acquire him in the first place. So um, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say beer, but it could, you know, I was close to doing round, but the uncertainty of the NHL's off season where kind of big move could happen out of nowhere, um, you know, makes me stick with beer. Um. I'm going to go beer too. I think he's a great asset for them. 20, uh, 25 years old and he'll be 26 midway through the season next year. I, he, he still had 27 goals, 39 assists. I mean, that minus 31. Oh boy. <laughs> How about that one? But, um, you know, I, I think, I think he might get moved and he might be the biggest name. I'll tell you right now, this is the thing. It, 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 is he going to be the most productive player move? That could be the case because if you throw, because everybody wants to say he's getting traded every other day, Alexei Lafreniere, he gets moved. That's the biggest name. That's number one overall draft pick getting moved. I don't see. I still don't see that happening because the New York Rangers are going to be signing. 
No. Even though he was first overall, he wouldn't be the biggest name moved over. No. DeBrinket's still a bigger name than Lafreniere right now. Yeah, because of the fact sure. that he, he's more productive. I, I, I can't yeah. agree with that at all. Okay. Well, I'm, I was kind of stretching it a little bit on that one. <laughs> Anthony wants to get all the ones I was cutting on this. Because huh? I thought about trying to do an honest press conference, too. But... Oh, no, no, no. All right. Mark. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Don't want Bartok to end. All right, one of Mark Scheifele, Connor Hellebuck, or Pierre-Luc Dubois will be moved this summer in the Jets' retool. I'm going to start this one off, and I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. I might even hit the layup button myself because <laughs> I think I, I think it's I think it's definitely Connor Hellebuck. He does not want to be back in Winnipeg, and a lot of guys are rubbed the wrong way from Rick Bonus, which is so weird to say because that guy is like one of the most beloved coaches. It's in the NHL and as long as I know he's been in the NHL uh, spanning five decades but I mean I I just I, it's def I think it's definitely going to be Hellebuck and I think PLD might be right behind him you might see a tear down in Winnipeg Phil I really wonder if they would move Dubois I think they would probably be better served moving Shifley considering the age I just don't know if they would get as much back even though Dubois isn't as productive as Shifley is. Um, I, I haven't heard anything about Hellebuck wanting out. I mean, is it possible that he ends up requesting out? Sure. I mean, that, that it's, I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility, but all right, I'm going to, I'm going to say beer. I don't, I don't know how, I don't, I really don't know how likely it is that it's, this summer, um, I know Shifley, I believe, has one year left on his deal, so um, they would have to move him now. If anything, if they're if they're really thinking about it, but Winnipeg, they made the playoffs. They kind of stumbled in, and then they lost to a Vegas team that really started playing very some real good hockey. So, um, yeah, I I, I think. I think it could happen. I just don't know how exactly likely it is. And Anthony. I think, you know what? I'm going to go around. Um, you know, Pete, Dubois, we've, I mean, let's face it. It was what, two years ago that he was uh, kind of openly admitted that he wanted to play for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, yeah. You know, he has RFA status, but I think the Jets could get ahead of that and maybe move him to get something for him. Uh, and then you have Hellebuck, who heard some, I mean, unconfirmed by, by major sources, but you heard some, you know, whispers that he, you know, he doesn't want to stay in Winnipeg. So if that's the case, they got to get something for their franchise goaltender and it would make sense to trade him now. And then Mark Scheifele, too. You know, I, I one year left on his deal, as, as Phil mentioned, he's a guy that they could move to this offseason. Um, really, I, I think it's only Kyle Connor, Morrissey, um, that are probably there are only two players that I think are off limits. I mean, you add Nikolai Ehlers, who had an up and down season because of injury. I mean, he, he's a guy they could move too. So um, I was just going to say that. Obviously, not all these guys, but I think there's a very real chance that one of them gets shipped out this summer. And uh, one last one that I had, I thought I had it in here. I can't believe that it was. Uh, I I lost it. Anyway. Spencer Carberry was hired by the Capitals, and he was a former uh, Caps head coach in the AHL affiliate. 
Anthony, Spencer Carberry will be the Caps coach in the 2026-27 season. I mean, it seems it's like, I don't know. Because <laughs> um, uh, you know where I'm getting at with this, right? No, I, I, I have no idea what you're getting at. All right, Phil, go ahead first. So basically what you're getting at is the fact that he's going to last his entire contract. Yeah, and that you're talking about the Capitals who are a – I'll start it off, guys. Uh, I'm. It better be around, so I'm going to go with that. Because if I'm Carberry, I I left jobs in our I took this job where I was the coach that was coming up through the ranks with them, and then you have Anaheim who interviewed him, uh, and a couple other organizations that were looking at him, and he's taking this job. I'm sorry, this is possibly one of the least attractive jobs that are on the market right now. You're talking about an aging team. Caps, uh, cap strapped completely with contracts, and even though they did uh, like, um, they got Sandine from Toronto and he looked good at the end, and you got Alex Ovechkin who's, who's trying to approach Wayne Gretzky and try to break that record. Not for nothing, guys. The this this better be a job. You better be telling me I'm getting more than two years because this team is aging out. This guy deserves a, a younger team that was going to grow with him and he can have a chance to improve. This team is going to do nothing but regress in those two years, guys. That's where I'm getting at with that. Phil, agree or disagree? I, I, I do agree in the fact that they're going to regress. I, I, I just They don't have the youth to support that, that aging core, and that's the biggest problem. And not only that, but I think this is going to be the offseason where Evgeny Kuznetsov has finally moved. I mean, he, he has had some sort of disdain for that franchise for a couple of years now, kind of like Vladimir Tarasenko, how he requested a trade, what, two years ago, and then he finally got dealt to the Rangers at the deadline. So I, I think that you're, you're looking at a player that's disgruntled there. Nicholas Backstrom is getting up there in age. Alexander Ovechkin is my age. I think he's actually – or me and Anthony's age. I think he's 38 now or, or will be yeah. 38 in September. Uh, you don't want to be my age, 45. Yeah. No, well, no, not too many players are playing in the league at your age, Mark. So, <laughs> no. But um, I, it, your best player is a 38-year-old goal scorer whose game is becoming increasingly one-dimensional because he just doesn't have really the foot speed to kind of keep up with the you know the 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 five-on-five portion of the game, the even strength portion of it. I mean, a lot of this team is being passed by. John Carlson still in his, I guess you could call them prime years, just because he's going to give you probably about like two or three really good more years. And then you're going to start to look at a decline on him. Because Netsov, you know, same age range, a couple years younger than Carlson. But you're probably going to deal him. And that's where this team needs to the, – the general manager needs to make sure that he absolutely hits a home run in that Kuznetsov trade. Because if you don't, then you're, you're screwing the franchise hard. So um, you're right. This is not an attractive job. But I, I think they are going to give Carberry the four years because I think that if ownership is smart, they're going to understand that this team is in a decline 
and that they're going to go through a transition during the entire life of that contract. And I think it would be unfair to give him four years and say, oh, you have four years to do something with this team, but you're being straddled with an albatross roster that's aging and flawed. Doesn't make sense to me. Anthony, do you think he's going to be the coach four years from now? I mean, he's the Capitals are a team that I think are going to go through a little bit of a rebuild. Um, I think ownership uh, obviously knows that, and I'm, I'm, and I'm sure they kind of obviously told Carberry what their what their plan is for the team going forward. So, I think even if the Capitals are dreadful the next two years because of you know them probably going through a rebuild, I, I don't think ownership and or their GM, Brian McClennan, would fire him. So, yeah, I think there's a good chance he's still the coach in 26-27. But speaking speaking of the Capitals, to close out Bar Talk, um, I, uh, I added kind of one more banner just for comedic purposes and, and keep Mark on his toes. But here we go. Uh, Mark Williams will be engaged <laughs> for Alex <laughs> and the record. <laughs> Oh boy, God, you're putting me on the spot with that one. Um, wow, Alex, wow. Alex Ovechkin is still on this right now. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, Alex Ovechkin is 72 goals away from the record. Um, if he scores, if he scores 40 goals this year, that means he's only about 32 goals away from the record, which means you know add that together he could do it in two years um, so, I, <laughs> um, well, my answer oh my god my answer is, is round is round here i think ovechkin's gonna do it in two years and if mark is still dragging his feet in two years and not you know not moving things along here i think i think she's gonna tell him to go scratch for fear of not being able to commit so um, I better, for Mark's sake, is this this better be around? Phil, I I had nothing to do with this, by the way. <laughs> Anthony just pulling the prank on this. Um, <laughs> uh, I would have to say beer, just because I don't I don't know if Maria will be able to handle Mark for that long. I think I think the Mark messed ups might roll over into the dating life. <laughs> maybe maybe it just goes south from there. Oh god. But, uh, yeah. All right, so now it's on me. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna buy around on this because uh, I'm gonna hopefully do that. First off, the smart man is to buy the round on this. It might get downgraded to the beer because she still would have to say yes. Uh, <laughs> so that would be another situation as well. Um, but, it, you know, it's it, it, I'm, I'm more than happy in my situation and more than happy uh, how it's progressing. And I it I the, my lighting is still good enough to see how red I'm turning right now with this. <laughs> thanks, Anthony. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Anthony. I think I caught the number on the bus that you threw me under. It was the N78. That actually goes usually to Roosevelt Field. Um, but, but the um, but but first off, I I have chosen wisely. <laughs> I've I've, I've, I've uh, I've chosen I've chosen wisely. I'm very happy with that. And um, oh, gosh. and uh, yeah, as as long as she can, 
uh, deal with me rolling over and accidentally hitting her in their face in her sleep. That actually happened once. So it's, it's still, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know what, Anthony, I'll leave it at that one. I actually threw in your Eric Carlson one, but we'll throw that in for next week. So, cause (laughs) wow. All right, everybody, let's get some Q and a, um, Oh, wait, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> or is that between that and then I, this one? I better get her name right. <laughs> no, no. I actually pretty much know who the best man would be anyway, so it's all right with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, Core, sadly enough, I am in a goal-scoring drought with the uh, K-Stars. I uh, had a goal in the first game, but you know what? I was getting points and then had a, had an assist in uh in our first game of the spring season. I haven't played since first week of, of June. So uh, not June, May. Sorry. June is tomorrow. Wow. June is tomorrow. Can't believe that. I've got to get some stuff done and I've got to eat and stuff. So, you know what? I yeah. think when we... When we have a note like that, we have got to wrap the show up right there. I was hoping to have some honest press conferences for you guys, but we just kept on talking with Bar Talk. Everybody, make sure that you are checking out the 60-second game reviews. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she'll definitely get a ring before the Rangers. So that, that'll be a definite thing. So uh, no, that, that's, that's if I don't screw it up first. So. That's another factor that's in there. Everybody, make sure that you hit the like on us. Um, great show. To, uh, well, fu- very probably this might be our funniest show ever that we've done. Fortunately, that happens with lots of mistakes. Philk, enjoy the rest of your night. Everybody, we are out of here. And enjoy the Stanley Cup Finals starting uh, Saturday night. We'll see you soon. <laughs>